Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. I'm waiting. I see them beautiful smiles back there. Come on now. All right. That's better. All right. Welcome to the way. Service at Greystone this morning. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's word. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our risen Savior this morning, the Lord Jesus, as always. Making all is possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins. So we could have a new life, spiritual life, eternal life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another this ministry has a goal and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life god's way not our way god's word which is the bible becomes the owner's manual to our lives and we study it learn it and apply it to see how god wants us to live how to think how to act how to serve how to treat ourselves and others thank you jesus each part of his body is very precious to god one body many parts we all need each other for this to function properly (laughs) and we depend on god's grace not our own power to accomplish his wills for our lives also i want to say hello to our family on the live feed who can't be here with us if you'd like to worship with us in the spirit this morning we love you all and thank you for your continued support And if you do have a cell phone, can you please silence it or put it on vibrate so it doesn't disturb this morning's service? And we will start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, thank you for allowing us this beautiful day and this beautiful opportunity this morning, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, to honor, and to glorify you, Lord and to become more and more like you, Father. Help us to make your ways our ways, Lord, by crucifying our flesh each and every day and walking in newness of life in the Spirit, Lord. We thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide for us each and every day, Lord. And we're just so grateful for everything you do in our lives, Lord. Help us to always be humble and teachable, like clay in your hands, Lord, so we can become like your Son, the Lord Jesus, to glorify you and build your kingdom, Father. We pray for the people that are not well or might be wayward out there, Lord, that the ministry reaches out there beyond the four walls and brings salvation to someone this morning, Father. As we all need each other for this to function properly, Lord, let us always be accountable and responsible to the ministry. And as always, let everything be led by your spirit this morning, Father, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, Brittany's going to come up with that beautiful voice and get us started.
here. Oh, 
That's a beautiful song, isn't that? Beautiful voice, beautiful day, beautiful church. Amen. I'm a, come on now. We're so blessed to have all the talents and gifts of the Spirit that the church operates in. I would like to um, say a special prayer this morning for our brother Wayne, as one of his brothers passed on, Lord, and we hopefully he found salvation, Father. And we also say a special prayer for Lori's sister, who is suffering from Alzheimer's, Lord, that whatever your will is, Lord, to be done, and to comfort both families, Lord, in the time of need. And just we just pray, Lord, that you just comfort them, Lord, reassure them that you'll never leave them and forsake them, Lord, and you're with them always, Father. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Doesn't the church look awesome? We are still continuing to do a lot of work. We are going to light up the parking lot. We're going to start working in the hallway. So we appreciate your continued support and the people that are sacrificing their time to get the projects going. It looks awesome. One body? Many parts. Many parts. You know it. It's such a blessing to work on the church. It really is. It's an honor. All right, we're going to start this morning in Romans chapter 12. I told you last week to do some homework there, right, to read it. So we're going to do some. So you happen to put that up there, so we're just going to fit right into this. <laughs> That's confirmation. Romans chapter 12, we're going to begin in verse 1. There is a blue card in the pew if you need help to get to the scriptures. Help yourself to it, as we will be going through the scriptures, as always. Okay. A living sacrifice to God. And, oh, just a reminder, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken over as I go into these scriptures. So clear your mind of the world this morning and try to stay focused on what the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Very important message this morning. A living sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Why? Because of all that he has done for you. Not as a requirement, as a consolation of all what he's done for us. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the truly the way to worship him. So they're saying the true way to worship him is to give yourself to him. You know, singing and music, that's all worship. But a living sacrifice is you giving yourself to him, denying yourself for the benefit of him and his kingdom. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you, which we're going to be talking about, into a new person. How's he going to do it? By changing the way you think. How's he going to do that? Well, when you renew your mind with the word of God, he changes the way of the world to the ways of the word. And that's how we get renewed. It's not osmosis. It's not a zapping. Nothing that goes on. It's a process of sanctification. As you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and he reveals his character to you, and you become more and more like Jesus. The very reason why he saved you. Can I get an amen here? There's the changing the way you think. The world around us is going to get worse, not better. The only thing that's going to change is our perception. Understanding that the devil is in control of that. And that we're to pray for the leaders in the, in, the, in the country and people everywhere in all the churches. Our job is to pray and let God handle it. Because of the privilege. Um, then you will learn. No, listen. 
Then you will learn to know God's will. We have to learn what God's will is. Okay? He changes the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning. You ready for the warning? I love this part. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, not of others. Be honest the way you look in the mirror at yourself, right? Be honest in your evaluation, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. What do we measure our life to? Jesus. We fall far short that way. We can always find ourselves doing better than other people. But when we, find, when we look to the cross in Jesus Christ, all of us fall far short. And all of us are all in the same boat. Can I get an amen here? None of us are better than anyone else. So don't go judging anybody else. Judge your own self. Okay? Now look what it says. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, like I always say, one body, it's up to you to find out what your function is inside the church and to operate in it. So you don't, the burden doesn't go on just a few people. One body with many parts, it helps the church to grow and become complete. All of us have a spiritual gift that God wants us to use to help us build his church. And it's up to you to find it as you grow in grace and knowledge. So it is with Christ's body, verse 5, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy and to understand the Bible, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And if you're a teacher, teach well. And if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraged. Do you see that not everybody has the same gift? Not everybody has the gift of encouragement. Some people rather are more reserved and they'd rather not say anything. And some people are there to build each other up and encourage them when people have problems. Can I get amen here? All of us have different gifts and different roles in the ministry. So if God has given you a certain gift, don't expect everybody else to do what you do. Look what I do for the church. They should be doing the same. No, it doesn't work that way. One body, many parts. Now, this is what it says. If it is giving, give generously. Now, there's people in the church that give generously. They give way more than anybody else because they just, they just love to give. Not everybody has that gift. I wish everybody did because then we'd be all set. But obviously it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so I'm going to pray. Everybody get the gift of giving. I'm kidding. <laughs> It's all good. But God, you can tell the ones that give the ones who are. And it's an awesome thing. It's, it's an awesome thing. Now it says, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if anybody knows me, I take this job seriously. Not only am I here to preach to you, but I'm here to protect you too. I'm always around the church making sure everybody's safe. Nothing goes on. So we have a place to come without any hiccups or hangups. Can I get an amen here? Amen. There's a new sheriff in town. And we're going to make sure that everybody's comfortable and safe in the church. That's my job. And I take it seriously. And those of you who know me know that. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, 
do it gladly. See, these are gifts that everybody, to be kind to somebody, that's not that hard. When you're in the spirit, you come to church, just be kind. If you had a bad day, you know, leave it at the door. Just be kind to somebody. That's how you get rid of all the anger and bitterness that's in your own heart. You can't be kind to somebody if you're harboring bitterness and resentments in your heart. You come to church in the flesh, you're all disheveled and mean and miserable. And God's saying, no, that's not how I want my children to act. I saved you to become like me. Jesus didn't act like that. And we're supposed to act like Jesus when we come to church and when we're out of the church. This is the practicing grounds to do it. And then when we go out in the real world, we practice it. Can I get any men here? You represent the way ministries when you're not here. And if you have to give, look what it says. To do it gladly, don't just pretend to love others. You know that quick one. Love you. Love you. See it. Love you. It says, really love them. If you really love somebody, you will sacrifice your time, your talent, and your treasure to make them become better. It's a living sacrifice. Charity is love in action. Denying self for the benefit of others. Can I get an amen here? That's the heart of God that he has given each and every one of us, but it's still a choice whether you want to use it or not. You can still become a selfish, self-centered Christian, which dishonors God and dishonors the church and the ministry. It's up to you. Now it says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Don't take delight in degrading and, and talking about one another. Do delight in honoring each other in the spirit. Can I get any men here? There's enough gossip and slander out in the world. We don't need it inside the church. Then it says, never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Listen, when you do things for the Lord in the spirit, you are just so honored and happy to come to the church and serve. When you come to the church out of obligation in the flesh, you get miserable thinking that they're taking time, it's taking time away from me, I need time for myself, I can't show up there. Well, don't come then. If you're going to come in the Spirit, we welcome you. Don't, become, don't come out of obligation. Come because you want to come out of your, your obligation to Jesus. Amen? Because you love Him. Rejoice in confidence. Look at verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When we're running into trouble, we're very impatient. You know that. To be patient when you're going through something. God is refining you through the adversities. Be kind, but be patient and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, listen now. When God's people are in need, always be ready to help them. Are you available to help the people when there's a need? Or we can't find anybody when we need you. Always be eager to practice hospitality. See, this isn't rocket science. See, if you want to know more about God and more revealed to you, he asks you to take, do the simple things he's asking you to do here. Can I get an amen? And then he reveals more to you. Bless those who persecute you. Here's the spirit part, because you ain't going to be able to do this in the flesh. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Now, you know it as well as I do. When somebody's coming up against you, you're not praying for a blessing on them. You're playing more for a curse on them. 
That's the flesh. In the spirit, you say, you know what, Father? They know not what they do. They don't know. They're just being controlled by another force that they don't understand that's controlling them. I'm going to pray for them that God opens their eyes and shows them salvation. That's the spirit. That's maturity. Then it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And guess what? Don't think you know it all. The Bible is very humbling, isn't it? This isn't me talking. This is the Holy Spirit talking to you, okay? Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Do all that. Do all that. You can live in peace with the, to everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead of you taking matters in your own hands, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You want to conquer evil that's in your life? You do something that's good. You don't just say, I'm not going to do evil. No, you have to replace it with what? Doing good. How about a big amen there? That's a great chapter. That's something Christians should read over and over and over again when we get confused. God, what do you want me to do? Just read Romans 12. It's all there. Very simple. How about a big amen there? It's not rocket science. God wants you to love one another. Do unto others as I have done unto you, as you would want them to do unto you. That's the essence of the whole Bible. If you forget every other scripture, just remember that one, the golden rule, and you'll understand what the Bible is designed to transform you into. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's it. All right, now we're going to go into our study again with the role of the Holy Spirit. Is everybody with me so far here? This is awesome. Okay, let me get a sip of water, sip of turbo. One there, right? One here. Okay. Little white. Okay. Now I'm ready. Now, now the question is to you. <laughs> That's good. Look, we can enjoy your service. Because you learn more out of something when you're interested in it. It's all in the delivery. Okay. There are many ways, okay, that the Holy Spirit works in the lives of Christians. But they all share one common goal. Just remember this. To make us more like Jesus Christ. He works in believers by renewing our minds to be like the mind of Christ. He does this by convicting us of sin and leading us to repentance, to turn from it, understand that we're a sinner and we're to turn from it and to transform. Through repentance, he wipes out what was dirty in us and allows us to bear good fruit. He takes out the bad fruit. As we allow him to continue nourishing that fruit, we grow to resemble Jesus more and more, as it says in Galatians 5.22. Let's go there. Let's start, let's start in Galatians 5.22.
I'm going to get a good understanding of the Holy Spirit. We have so much power as Christians. So much power. We have resurrection power. We have the power to act like Jesus in any situation. We already have all of that. Now we just have to grow into it. We have to what, push out the ways of the world in our flesh. And then we start to walk in the spirit and understand that the works of the flesh are evil and the works of the spirit are good. We have to know the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Now it says in 522, Galatians informs us, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, I'm saying faithfulness, I'm sorry, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there are no law. Now, if you go behind that and say the, see the fruits of the flesh, when you find the desire of the flesh, the results are very clear, all that sexual immoral, all that stuff, gossip, slander, evil, party, and drunkenness, all those things are before Christ. After Christ, we become like him. We slowly grow into that by becoming patient, full of joy, peace. See, the flesh doesn't want that. The spirit does. It wars against the flesh continually, and it won't stop till you go home to be with him. You have to make peace that there's always going to be a war going on up here. But you have to make a choice. What you're going to follow. The ways of the flesh or the ways of the spirit. And you have the power to do it. How a big amen there. Against these things. The Holy Spirit also works for us through the word of God. He, he uses the power of scripture to convict us and influence our way of thinking. Okay? He does this to shape us into godly people. Go with me to Timothy chapter 2, Timothy chapter 3. The Holy Spirit is our teacher ultimate convictor and comforter. Look what it says in um, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. It tells us very clearly, I'm ready a minute to get there, very clearly. So if you don't think you need to read the, all the scripture, well, 2, Tim, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 tells us something different. It tells us that all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful. What do we need to learn all the scripture for? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Wow, you mean this thing's wrong with me? I thought everybody else was wrong and I was right. No, it makes us realize what's wrong in our own lives. Not in other people's. It corrects us when we're wrong. The Bible is corrective. And it teaches us to do what is right. You know what I tell you this all the time. We have to be taught to do the right thing. We don't have to be taught to do wrong. Like I said before, if I let the kids out of that room, they're going to come and kneel and start praying to Jesus, right? No, they're not. You know what they're going to do, right? 
they're gonna they're gonna do something that you're gonna have to say, stop, don't do that. Stay away from them stairs. Get away from that plug. Did anybody tell them? Teach them that? No. They naturally go near things that are not right. So they have to be taught to do what's right, just like we do. We're a bunch of kids born again. Can I get any men here? It corrects us, teaches us. And why does God use it? If you don't learn the Bible, God uses it to prepare and equip his people, which is you, including me, to do what? Every good work to do God's will. So if you're not reading the Bible, learning the Bible, studying the Bible, you're not going to be able to be equipped to do his will. You'll always be equipped to do yours. But we have to learn to do what is right. Can I get an amen here? And that's what my job is, to teach you how the Bible works so you, when you read it, you understand it. Amen? As we build a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will also pull us away of from things we have in our lives that don't please him. Okay? The point is, when he is at work in your life, it's evident all around you. He starts to show you right from wrong. And that little small voice that's always trying to tell us, don't do it, don't go there, can get drowned out real easy. You know the first voice. You know it's wrong. Now the choice is you're on the fence with it, whether you're going to carry it out, listen to the Holy Spirit, and walk in the light, or go back into the darkness. It's a choice that's never taken away from us. Does it grieve the Spirit? Absolutely. All right, the Holy Spirit makes us more and more like Christ. All right, the first, Second Corinthians chapter 3. You know the evidence of the Spirit working in your life when you become more and more Christ-like. And you become more patient. Now, does this happen overnight? No. Do we fail often? Yes. But that's what his grace and mercy is for. To pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and get back in the spirit. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is. We have to understand that. It's a process of sanctification that goes on through the believers. Whole life till we go home to be with them. We're never perfect, but we are getting perfected. Through the word of God. We're getting perfected, which is we are maturing in our faith, but becoming mature believers. Okay, look what it says in verse 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the spirit of the Lord that resides in each believer, right, is inside you. And what are you free from? You're free from the obligations of the flesh. You're free of that. You no longer have to follow your sin nature any longer because the Holy Spirit is in you becoming more like Jesus. You can make a choice to say, no, I'm going to do what God wants me to do today, not what I want to, not what I want to do. That's free. You're free of what? Yourself. You're free from yourself to do the things of, the, of, the, of God over the things of the flesh. Now it says, so all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, again it tells us, who is the Spirit? Jesus is the Word of God. When anybody says you're going to become like Jesus, you're becoming like the Word of God, the Word of life. Who is the Spirit? Now listen what it says. 
the who is the spirit makes us or transforms us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You see it? It's a transformation process that goes on in the believer's life till he goes home to be with him. Now, I use this analogy all the time of metamorphosis. You come in, there's an egg, and then the thing becomes a caterpillar. The caterpillar goes into the cocoon, and it comes what? A butterfly. It transforms through this metamorphosis process. Now, my question to you is, can that butterfly go back into be a caterpillar again? It cannot become a caterpillar again. So, a believer in Jesus Christ that truly has the Holy Spirit in them can go back into their flesh, but they can't stay there. They get convicted to come back to the butterfly state again. Can I get an amen here? As much as your, your skin wants to crawl back into that ugly caterpillar, the Spirit tells you, no, you are free. To fly like a butterfly. The choice is up to you. Isn't that awesome? But the transformation has already been complete. Now you just have to what? Fight against the flesh now to let that butterfly shine. It's in you, but to let that butterfly out takes time. Just like anything else, for fruit. If I plant an apple tree in the ground, okay? Water it, take care of it, it starts to grow. How long before an apple comes onto that tree? How long does it take? It takes literally years for the fruit from that tree to be produced. So listen, it literally takes years for us as Christians following Jesus to start showing this fruit. That's why we need a lot of room to grow. It takes time. A lot of us are very impatient. We want to become like Jesus right away, like instant Jesus. And we try to do it in the flesh. Listen, you get up this morning and say, I'm going to be a good person today. And God's going to show you that you can't do it. Because he's going to put in front of you things that are going to bring your flesh out and make you start hissing at people. But when you say, Lord, I can't do this, Lord. Let me walk in the spirit. You take over. You drive. And then you'll see the change take place. You cannot do this in the flesh. And everybody tries to do it that way. But we end up getting miserable because we can't accomplish it. We can't obey the commandments. Because we're not, we, we have a sin nature that won't let us. It's like a virus inside of us, our sins. It's like a virus that lays dormant. And every time, every so often, the devil will make that virus come out. The people, places, and things will make it try to come out. And it's up to you to say, nope, I'm not letting it out. I'm not letting it out. I'm putting it back into remission. I'm letting the new heart take over. You see, it's a choice. He never takes away our choices. You wish he did, though, don't you? You wish you would just make us like Jesus. And listen, I don't want a choice. Please, just do it. Just make me like Jesus. Whatever you got to do. Be careful when you say that, because he will. You'll be going to the woodshed a lot. Because he's going to break the flesh out of us. That's the painful part of the sanctification process, the crucifixion of the flesh. And he has to cause problems in our life for us to get humble. Nobody wants that part. Nobody likes the chastisement, but we all need it. It's good for us. All right. We already know the goal of the Holy Spirit's work is to make us more like Jesus. But how does he do it? How does it happen? It's a process known as sanctification. And no, it's not as complicated as it appears. 
Sanctification is the process of the Holy Spirit stripping away our sinful habits and bringing us into holiness. Think of it like peeling back an onion, okay? There are layers. The Holy Spirit works in us by peeling away our sinful characteristics and placing, replacing them with godly characteristics, okay? His work in us makes us more and more like Jesus. It's a process. You know it as well as I do. There's things that you do now that you wish you didn't anymore. But before you didn't care. You just did it anyway. Now you know the Holy Spirit's working in you when you get convicted. Even after you might commit it because your flesh is so strong, you feel after you feel, oh man, I didn't want to do that. Why did I? Because it's, it's controlling. Paul said, I can't really understand myself. It's sin that's living in me that does this. He couldn't understand himself. He had Jesus. He saw Jesus. He was becoming like Jesus, but he still had this flesh. After 28 years of walking with him, it still brought out the ugliness of his flesh at times. So let me, let me explain it. If you've been saved and studying the Bible for 20-something years and still find your sin nature taking over, that's normal. But you have to understand the conviction should be stronger than it was in the beginning. Where so wow, I really knew better, Lord. Please go easy on me. I knew better, and I still continue to do it. So please, Lord, go easy on me. Please be merciful to me, Lord. I'm a sinner, and Jesus is our advocate, and he prays and intercedes for us. You get it? It's that simple. But the problem is, we have to hate the sin that contaminates our life, not still love it. So the scripture goes to the when we hate it, He's transformers, but if you still love it, then there's a heart problem there. You love your sin over Jesus, and then you can never transform, because you love that over the Lord. See, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. See, when you really love the Lord, you'll start to obey him, because you love him. Not because you have to, but because you want to. And when that conviction comes, when that moment of truth comes, when you know you can do something that's good or something that's wrong, right at that stop sign, you could say, nope, I'm going to honor God today. And you stop and you don't do it. And at the end of the day, that delayed gratification at the end of the day, you feel so much better than if you did it with the instant gratification of fulfilling something that made you feel better at the end of the day saying, why do I do that again? You've got, you've got regrets. But when you're in the spirit, there is no regrets. You might be, your, your flesh might be crawling in the beginning, but at the end of the day, you're just so grateful that you grew a notch. You said, I didn't do it. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but today I got victory. See, it's the little things that count. We're not going to worry about, don't worry about the mountaintop experiences. It's the little things. Say, I'm going to drive and I'm not going to tailgate somebody today. On my way to work. I'm going to pray for that. This is my thing, you know. I mean, I'm always a point A to point B driver. And I can't put the Christian fish on my bumper because I'm not worthy of that. I'm just not there yet. I'm honest with you. I'm not there yet. When I am, I'm going to put that fish on my back and I'm going to be obedient to the road. But until that day comes, I'm not putting the fish there because it's a misrepresentation of God. It's a boy. Maybe I'm going to be like Jesus too. I like that part. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm getting better. 
I'm not there yet, but I'm getting much better. Because I'm finally trying to start to realize this stubborn Italian that traffic and people like that are not going anywhere. So if I continue to be miserable with it, I'll always be miserable if I start to make peace with it. Say, all right, Lord, you're trying to slow me down. Maybe I'll just practice my meditation with you. And then I'll get better instead of bitter. Because traffic's not going anywhere. People aren't going anywhere. The things in your life that cause you... Uh, some things are not going anywhere. Have you not noticed? You have to what? Start to accept it. And become joyful. See, that's the transformation process. Where you couldn't before, now you can. Maybe Jesus is never going to take it away. Maybe that's the thorn in the flesh I need to keep me humble. You see? That's the process of understanding God. Instead of saying, God, why aren't you taking this away from me? I want a better life. He is giving you a better life. You just don't understand how he's doing it. He is giving you a better life. Now, I'm trying to help you understand when it happens, you know that he's working in you. Amen? Okay. The second one, the Holy Spirit gives us power to witness, to tell people about Jesus. Now, in Acts, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, it mentions to us. This goes for all of us now. Verse 8. But you, which is the church, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the moment in you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside you and gives you power. Okay, that's what it says. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now, in order for you to be a witness, something had to happen for you to witness to. So you have to, if you're going to tell somebody about Jesus, your, your life has to change first. In other words, if nothing happened to you, how can you witness to someone else that it never, if it never happened to you? First it has to happen to you, and now you're a witness with an experience saying, wow, Jesus changed my life. I once was this way, but now I'm this way. And it was all through Jesus. He did it all for me. Now you have a legitimate witness. You're not a false witness, not changing you, but you being like the devil and telling everybody to become like Jesus. That's a false witness, and there's no power in that. And that's why the church is a mess. First you have to become like him before you can witness to other people. It's a process. Got get amen here. You don't get saved one day, jump on a bus and tell everybody about Jesus because it hasn't changed you yet. Can I get amen here? We have to grow first so we have something to witness to. Okay, look what it says. The Holy Spirit empowers Christians to be effective, okay? Witness for Jesus. He gives us the boldness to testify of the Lord Jesus in situations we would normally be fearful or timid to do. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go there. We're going to get a really good understanding of this Holy Spirit. And it's power. It's unbelievable power. It's incredible power. If you want it, if you want that power, you have to, you already have it. You don't have to keep asking for the Holy Spirit. He's there. You just have to choose to use it. It's a choice. Remember one thing, God never takes away our free will. You can go back to your flesh at any given time you want, 
or you can stay in newness of the life of the Spirit. The only difference is you have the power now to say no to the Holy Spirit. You have the power. Whether you believe it or not, it's not, one, it's not, it's not a feeling, it's a fact. You already have resurrection power. It's living on the inside of us. Jesus, you have given me freedom. It's a song, right? She sings it all the time. It's the truth. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It encourages us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or self-control. So now he's saying spirit of fear. Remember I told you this before. These are not emotions. These are spirits. A spirit of fear, a spirit of of timidity, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. You have all these things. But you have to understand when you're, everybody's fearful to serve the Lord. Everybody's fearful. They think I'm going to mess it up. You're never going to mess it up if you let the spirit take over. He'll always intercede for you. Be bold in the spirit. He gives you the, the, the courage to what? Overcome your fears. This is not a natural thing for me to be on a pulpit. Trust me. I'd rather be in the back with Paul than sitting there just getting what I got to go and go. <laughs> this is not easy for anybody to come up and do this. There was so many times I wish there was that hole in the thing that just sucked me down. <laughs> I remember in the, uh, the Roadrunner, he put the acne hole in there and then he just fall in. <laughs> Starting to show my age here, right? <laughs> But that's the way it is. It's never, this is never comfortable for me. Look, serving God is not a comfortable thing. But it is what? It is a powerful thing. And it is a what? It is a, it, I can't explain what it does for me. It's supernatural. It just fulfills me. It fulfills me that the world, nothing material can ever do. I can't get a better, I can't get, a, I can't get anything better out there that's going to give me what serving Jesus gives me. Peace. Everything else out there causes responsibility and heartache and pressure. When I'm with the Lord, I can just be free of that and just be grateful for what he's given me already and not keep asking for more. I'm content. It's one thing that we can never get out there when we try to serve in the world is contentment. We always want more, bigger, better. Always. Instead of just saying, I'm good. I don't need anything else. In the spirit... Jesus didn't even have a place to sleep. He was happy. Because he had what? He's walking with the Lord. Amen? Okay. The power that the Holy Spirit gives us is something that reflects in the natural as well as the supernatural. Okay? He gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Power could be many things backed up by the Holy Spirit, such as boldness to preach the gospel and power to perform healing miracles. No, love given by the Holy Spirit is obvious when we have the heart to love others the way Jesus did. You see? The way he would. The self-discipline that is given by the Holy Spirit allows a person to follow through on God's will and have the wisdom through their whole life. Power. And the third one, we're going to close, but we'll get into this. We're going to go right to the third one next time, which is the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth okay he guides us into all truth there is so much deception out there that people actually think that everything that's on google is truth 
They're on Facebook. It's true. Well, let me Google, see what it says. And they think that's the absolute truth. Can you believe it? Listen, if you really want truth, the truth is in the word of God. That leads us into all truth. Instead of Googling, go in the concordance and say, let me look up what, what, what power means in the Bible or what love means. And it'll tell you truth. Everything else is a deception out there. And it's got Christians even fooled. Because they're not being like a Berean. Checking the gospel. Looking the word of God. I'm going to look in the Bible if that's true. I'm going to see if I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. I want to see if that's true they're talking about. Instead of saying, yeah, that must be true. Everybody says, yes, it's true. It's so easy to follow a lie when you're in the flesh. I just want to remind you of one thing. I'm not here to make your, ha your flesh happy. I'm here to crucify it. And that's the part that maybe somebody might not like. But I'm not here to make your flesh. <laughs> I feel good. No, I'm here to give you truth. And that's what sets us free. That's what sets us free. And that's what I'm going to do because I'm accountable to God. I have to answer to him from what I teach. And every day I get prostrated. Lord, I can't do this. You're going to have to do this. You tell me what you want me to teach them. And he does. And sometimes I say, oh boy, I'm, I'm going to make some enemies on this one. Guys, don't worry about it. Look at the prophets. Look at Jeremiah. Look at Ezekiel. Isaiah. Love them. They wanted to kill them. They will listen to 400 false prophets telling them, peace and prosperity. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry, you're going to heaven. Sit it up, have a good day. Jeremiah said, judgment's coming. You're going to go in exile for 70 years if you keep on sinning like that. Kill him. He's raining on our parade. I want all this in heaven too. It doesn't work that way. If you think you're going, to, you're going to live like the devil and go to heaven after, you're going to split hell wide open. It doesn't work that way. A transformation has to take place. Can I get an amen here? All right, we're going to close. I'll leave you with that note. I'm going to ask the ushers to come up. We're going to close. Thank you for letting me share that with you.
come closer. so grateful and thankful to have such an amazing and faithful pastor and congregation, Lord, that just loves you and dedicated to serving you and others. And Lord, I just pray for those who might not be saved, Lord, that you would convict them of their need for you as a Savior, and Lord, please, some way, just reveal to them the eternal consequences that await if they don't turn to you before it's too late, Lord. Because I don't think they realize the seriousness of just how, you know, the consequence is. Lord, I just pray that we may be inspired, Lord, to take what we learn here, Lord, and just share with those around us, Lord, to be a Christ-like example in this lost and dying world, Lord, and just try to help others to get back into their kingdom. And Lord, as always, I just pray to watch over this church, congregation, and our families, Lord, and anyone who just might be sick, and just go through a tough time, Lord, that you touch their hearts, that you assure them that you're never going to lead them, nor forsake them, and that you be with them always. I pray this in the holy, precious name. Amen. 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 Thanks, man. Thanks, Dave. All right, the service is over. Go in peace. God bless until we meet again. Peace.